is that sound? It must be this. Deuteronomy chapter number 8. That's uh, not too far into your New Test uh, Old Testament. Wow. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. If you're new to your Bibles, just a few books in. Deuteronomy chapter number 8. We'll begin reading in verse number 10. Let's all stand to our feet, if we could please, in honor of the Word of God. Deuteronomy chapter number 8 and verse number 10. The Bible says, When thou hast eaten and art full, when thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the, the good land which he hath given thee, beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly houses, and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for he it is that giveth thee power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do it all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, <laughs> so shall ye perish because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please guide and direct in the service this morning. Lord, I long for your people to be spoken to by you, not by me. I don't have anything I can say that will be helpful. It has to come from you, from your word. It has to be endued with power from on high. I pray that you would please pour out your spirit upon this place, upon your people. Speak to us, Lord, please, and speak through me. Guide my thoughts and my words, and help me to say only the things that you would have me to say. We pray this as we ask it in Jesus' name, and amen. You can be seated. Amen. Israel had been in bondage in Egypt. God, of course, led them out. We, if you've been in church any length of time, know the story. Or I guess I should say the history of Israel. As they were led out of Egypt, they wandered through the wilderness. and Of course, God fed them. He made sure that their shoes didn't wear out, that their raiment didn't wear out. He took care of them. And He said, I see something, because of course God in His foreknowledge knows what Israel is going to do when He finally leads them into the promised land. He warns them about this on more than one occasion. And he tells them, look, when you get into the land that you didn't work for, that has wells that you didn't dig and fields that you didn't plant and flocks and herds 
that you did not tend. And you get all of these things to yourself because of my blessings upon you. He said, here's what's going to happen. You're going to forget me and you're going to get into that land and think that it was all by your hand and you're going to forget to worship me and you're going to forget where you came from and how you got here. And he said, what's going to happen is you're going to lose my blessing. Now in this case, he warns them not to do it. But in other places, he tells them that he sees that in the future they will do it. And I would call this failing success. Where Israel was led to a place of spiritual and personal and financial success. And they ended up failing because of it. And I want to preach to you on that subject this morning. Failing success. Failing success. Often we hate the trials that we go through. The ones that are difficult, that take us through hard times, where we wouldn't necessarily say that we are living a life of blessing, but rather a life of trial. We hate those times. They're not fun. I don't like them. You don't like them. And sometimes we fail during those days that we're living in the valley. People get discouraged and they quit. Or they think that God is against them and they throw their hands in the air and say, well, if, if God was for me, then I wouldn't be going through this. And people often quit in the valleys. I heard a preacher say once that the key to the Christian life is don't ever expect to live on the mountaintops and don't ever quit in the valleys. Because life is full of ups and downs. And the Christian life is full of ups and downs. And boy, do we love the mountaintop experiences and boy, do we hate the valleys. And that's human nature. I hate them just as much as you do. It's not fun to go through hard times. But I want to tell you where I believe I have seen more people fail and more people quit on God. As a pastor over the years, I have seen, I believe more people have failed at being successful than they ever have being in the trials. We can't always take it. I heard Dr. Terry Angel preach a message at a conference a few years ago that I'll tell you a story about that one day, how God used it in my life and just uh, unbelievably powerful. But <laughs> it was something along the lines of uh, there was a man who was sent from God whose name was John. And that was the title of his message and that was the subject of his message and he was preaching to preachers at this conference and a great encouragement and a very convicting message. But I still remember him saying, and it is so true, that the truth is that most preachers can't even handle success because we are built with so much pride and so much selfishness that oftentimes if God were to exalt us to a position of authority too soon, we would not be able to handle it. It's true. We read the requirements of a pastor or a bishop earlier today. And one of them declares that he should not be a novice, that he not be lifted up in pride. What does that mean? I believe it means that God will take certain men through certain trials so that he humbles them so that they are useful for him in the ministry. Because if he appoints a man to that position too soon, his pride will be lifted up and he will fail. Now some men have appointed themselves to positions in churches and it was not the work of God and we have seen some of those fail. But unfortunately, I think in the Christian life it's also true that often because when a person 
begins to follow after God. When you first get saved and God brings us out of all of the wilderness journey that we've been on, living in our sin and dealing with all the regret and dealing with all the pain and the frustration and the hurt that sin brings into our lives, when God begins to, to mend us and fix us and grow us and mold us, we begin to see the blessings of God and that is often the most dangerous time for any Christian. We see a few principles here in the Word of God concerning why Israel did end up failing exactly the way that God said that they would. And I want to encourage you this morning not to fail at success. And there are some principles that we could apply to our lives to try to make sure that in the good times, we don't fall away from God. America has followed this same trajectory. When we first landed on these shores, we were a people who had nothing and gave up everything to have a little bit of freedom of religion and freedom from taxation, which is actually higher now than it was when they fled from Europe. If you study it out. But anyway, try to stay out of the political genre this morning. When our forefathers came here and landed on these shores, they had nothing. They gave up their businesses, they gave up their homes, their wealth, their families, many times their friends, and they came here with nothing. And they came here relying upon God. Many of them, not all of them, but many of them were saved and at least had an understanding of biblical principles. And they came here knowing that what was going to be done had to be done by the power of God. And so they founded even our nation's principles and our nation's founding documents upon the God of the Bible. And they made that abundantly clear. But what has happened, unfortunately, over time is that America has become so successful and we have prospered so greatly by the hand of God that we have forgotten where it came from. And America herself is failing because of our success. I'm going to say, first of all, that failing success begins, number one, when, when, when we forget where we were before. Would you turn your Bibles backwards, please, to Deuteronomy chapter number 6 and look at verse number 11. Deuteronomy chapter number 6 and verse number 11. This is a rather long message that Moses preaches. And it begins here in chapter 6. And he begins to recall to Israel the days when they were brought out of Egypt. And he says in verse number 11 that they had houses full of all good things which they would fill not. And wells digged, which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of what? The land of Egypt. From what? The house of bondage. Now listen to me. Here's where we often begin our process of failure in the Christian life. When we forget where we were before Jesus snatched us out. He says, remember where you came from. When you get there, remember that you were in what? In bondage. And listen to me, Christian. Don't ever turn your back on God. Remember where you were before He delivered you from the bondage of your sin. Before He delivered you from the bondage of all of the wicked decisions you had made. Before He delivered you, you were lost and on your way to hell. And it's necessary for a Christian to never forget where they came from. It's important for us 
as God's people to remember what we would be without God. You know, some of you young people don't, and I thank God for this. You grew up in a Christian home like I did, and you didn't live the drinking and drugging and cussing and smoking and all of that kind of stuff, and praise the Lord for that. You don't need that kind of testimony to be used of God. I think it's a more powerful testimony when you keep your life clean. But listen, you say, well, I, uh, sometimes I think Christian young people that grew up in a Christian home don't understand what they were saved from because they never had to experience a whole lot of wickedness and didn't have to deal with a whole lot of temptation. And thank God for that. But listen to me. Those temptations that you do have in your heart, imagine that they go unchecked and without the Holy Spirit and He never has any say in your decision making. Imagine those things that you struggle with now being unchecked. That's who and what you would be without God. Living a righteous and biblical life comes with blessings. And over time, those blessings become our focus instead of what we were and where we were before God brought us out. We were slaves in Egypt. We were living in bondage. We had no blessings. We were wandering in the wilderness. We were hungry. We were thirsty. We were without clothing and raiment. And God came along and delivered us from a lifestyle of bondage. Don't ever forget where you came from. We don't like the times when we're in great need, but those times show us how much we need Him. When we forget our need for God and the success and blessings that He brings to us, He will sometimes have to take us back to a place where we need Him again. I see it happen with our teenagers sometimes. They go to a youth camp and live on the mountaintop there in spiritual uh, in a spiritual manner they uh, they they hear great preaching and they make great decisions and they're in a spiritual environment and everything is going so well and then when they get home from youth camp they let their guard down because they had such a good week and they think they can endure it and often i have seen many young people fall out of church the very weekend after they made huge decisions in their life at youth camp because satan begins to attack and their guard was let down because they had such a great spiritual experience Sometimes we get the idea, man, my friendships are going well, my marriage is going well, my finances are going well, my spiritual walk is going well, and that's often when Christians let their guard down and are in the greatest danger of a fall. We have a tendency to relax too much and forget where we were without him. People drop out of church, they stop giving their tithe because things are going well and they forget that it was God that gave them the ability to gain that wealth. They start skipping services, they start missing church functions. I get nervous when I see what used to be faithful people of God missing church functions because we don't think we need to be at all of them. It's not necessary for me to go to every church service. It's not necessary for me to go to every church function, but the reality is I have seen time and time again that when Christians begin to relax what they have always done because of what God brought them out of, they're often headed to failure. When I see a Christian reach these markers, I often fear for them more than I think they fear for themselves. I hate getting the text every now and then like I did a few weeks ago. Going to miss this and that and this and that Got some things to do for work. 
And I remember where they were not long before. But see, what happens is sometimes we start getting back into church, getting our life right with God, and then we think everything's okay, and we let our guard down. And when you start missing stuff, it's often the start of a downfall. In order to remember, or in order to avoid failing success, we need to remember our need for Him by remembering what and where we were without Him. Turn, if you would, please, back to Deuteronomy chapter number 8 and verse number 10. Failing success often begins when we forget where we were before and what we were before. Second, look at verse number 10 of chapter 8. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. What does he mean, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God? It means that, they, that he wants them to be thankful. Bless him and thank him for what he's done. I often see that people begin to fail success when we fall from thankfulness. Unthankfulness is the start of selfish behavior and self-inflicted sorrow. It's the start of deeper sins in our life. Do you understand in Romans chapter number 1 that the Bible speaks very clearly concerning those wicked sins, that do you know where it began? Let's look at it in Romans chapter number 1 and look at verse number 21. Romans chapter number 1 and verse number 21. The Bible says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were what? Thankful. Now, I happen to believe that this unthankfulness leads to a lot of the sins that you're about to read, a lot of this wickedness. Well, look at it. But became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became what? When you become unthankful for God's word and God's direction and God's wisdom, and instead think that you need to take your own direction, you begin to fall away from God's direction. Verse number 23, and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to a corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. When they became unthankful for one God to worship and one God to serve, they began to go after many other gods. Now listen to me, it's important for us to understand that when we got saved, we were bought with a price and we are uh, uh, the, the, the servant and the property of our Heavenly Father, and that we should never go after serving any other person. We should be thankful always that we get to serve God, that He is our Father, that He is our Master, and we ought to serve Him with our lives. But often when people get discontented and unthankful for the fact that God is the head of their life, the head of their home, the head of their work situation, He's the one that gave that to them, then often they begin to serve other gods. Verse number 24, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And look at verse number 26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections for even their women to change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. I believe, and I'm serious about this, that people begin to go into sodomy and wickedness then when they become unthankful for the opposite gender that God gave them to marry. 
And do you know how that happens? A lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times, people end up into sodomy because they're filled with pornography and watching things that they shouldn't watch and doing things that they shouldn't do. And eventually, the uh, heterosexual relationship that God gave them becomes old hat and it doesn't satisfy anymore and they start looking for something else and they're no longer thankful for what God gave them. They start experimenting with other things. Amen. It's not the only reason. Sometimes people go to sodomy because of abuses in their life. And there are other reasons as well. But the reality is that Bible, the Bible says that they were not thankful. And that unthankfulness led to many wicked sins. I believe it with my whole heart. And you'll see this in the history of Israel. Listen to me. That when they stopped being thankful and blessing God for what He had done in their lives, they went into all the stuff you read about in Romans chapter number 1. Absolute wickedness. Remember to stay thankful. Remember to stay thankful for God alone. Remember to stay thankful for what God provides. Re remember to stay thankful for where He has brought you and what He has done. Men and women that become unthankful become men and women who are very selfish. And selfishness and pride is the root of all sin. The truth is, unthankfulness is the path to failure. Husbands, you ought to be thankful for the wife that God gave you. Wives, you ought to be thankful for the husband that God gave you. Hey, man, the Bible says that whoso findeth the wife findeth a good thing. A really good thing. Praise the Lord for that. And listen, we ought to be thankful for each other. Sometimes we lose our thankfulness in the marriage relationship because we've been together a while and familiarity can breed apathy and sometimes contempt. And some couples want to experience something new because that relationship has gotten old. Keep it fresh in your marriage. Continue to love one another. Cultivate your love for each other. Never stop dating each other. Never stop being each other's best friends. Listen, when I married that lady back there, I was taught something. That the Bible teaches that when you are brought together by God, that you are supposed to leave father and mother and everybody else and cleave one to another. And that means she became my best friend. I don't have a best friend, another best friend in this world. She's it. She's the one I want to spend time with. And yes, just like best friends, sometimes you fight with each other. And sometimes you disagree with each other. That's life. It's normal. But listen, you know, and I mean this, and I want to say this cautiously. I love it when people in the church reach out to me and say, hey, preacher, you want to go do this? You want to go do that? And often my answer is, sorry, I've got plans with my family. And the reality is I have a hard time holding on to friendships because she's my best friend. I don't want to be with anybody else. She's more entertaining to me than any of you guys are. But you know what? I, I'm capable of this too. I'm not tooting my horn. I'm saying I, I, I have to work on it, and all of us do, to remain thankful for who God gave us. Amen. Man, that lady washes your clothes and, and, and picks up your messes and makes your bed and, and prepares your meals. If she cooks, maybe you cook. I don't know. Ladies, that husband of yours works his fingers to the bone 
gives up things that he would love to be able to do, but he provides for his family? Now, if you don't have somebody that's done that for you, I'm sorry. I hate that for you. The Bible says if a man doesn't do that, he's worse than an infidel. But if you have a faithful husband who's out there working and trying to make ends meet, and he's doing everything he can to pay the bills and put food on the table, you ought to be thankful for him. And every now and then when he comes in the house and he's exhausted and he's had a long day and all he wants to do is kick up his feet, you know, maybe don't bug him too much about the honeydew list yet. We ought to be thankful for each other. You lose that thankfulness and you lose the success of your marriage. You lose that thankfulness for the job that God gave you and you, you, you begin to lose that success and blessing of a good job as you begin instead to be thankful for what God gave you. You begin to live for the job instead of living for the God who gave it to you. Amen. Failing success. It often begins when we forget who and what we were before He found us. It often begets begins when we fall from thankfulness. Look at verse number 11 of chapter 8, would you please, of Deuteronomy. Back to Deuteronomy. I know we're going in, into a few different places this morning. Deuteronomy chapter number 8 again. Let's go back to the original passage and let's, let's look at verse number 11. Try to get through this quickly. Verse number 11 of Deuteronomy 8 says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, in not keeping His, what? Commandments and His judgments and His statues which I command thee this day. They forgot that their blessings came from obedience. And often you will fail, fail success when you forget that it started because you started being obedient to God. God blesses obedience. He blessed Gideon with victory when he obeyed and whittled the army uh, down to 300 and fought the battle with lights, trumpets, and pots. God blessed his obedience. He blessed the house of David as long as they would keep his commandments. And he told David and he told Solomon, look, I will bless your house as long as you continue to, continue to follow after me with all of your heart and obey me and obey my words and obey and keep my commandments, then I will bless thee. Amen. <laughs> he blessed Israel in battle and he cursed them when they took of the accursed thing and disobeyed him. He blessed Saul the first king of Israel, as long as Saul was obedient. But the moment that Saul became disobedient, he began to live in a curse. He promised his disciples, which includes all of us, that obedience leads to answered prayer and blessings. In 1 John chapter number 3, the Bible says, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him, because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Blessings come because of obedience. In John chapter number 14, the Bible says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me <coughs> shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. <coughs> and the Bible says later on, Jesus answered and said unto them, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come into him and make our abode with him. The Bible says that blessing comes from obedience. 
In John chapter number 15 and verse number 5, the Bible says, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Obedience means blessing. And we begin to fail success when we forget that obedience is what got us there. Obedience to the Lord is how a Christian's life <coughs> is blessed. And often we see Christians begin to turn around when they first get saved and they start to obey God and He blesses their homes and He blesses their finances and He blesses their work situation and then they stop obeying God. And they think they've got their life under control. And the reality is that it's the beginning of failure. <coughs> lastly, stay with, lastly, stay with me now. Look at <coughs> verse number 14. <coughs> I look at verse number 13. Give you the context. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land, out of, the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Did you see that phrase, that their heart be lifted up? Lastly, they began to fail at success when they allowed themselves to believe in themselves as the source of their blessings. When they allowed themselves to believe in themselves as the source of their blessings. Their heart being lifted up means that they were proud and thought more of themselves as a result of all of the blessings that they had. Christians can begin to think we're in this situation because of the work of our own hands. I built this. I made those changes in my life spiritually. I preached and God used me. I sang and God used me. That's the beginning of failure. Boy, I sure have come a long way and I'm pretty proud of how much progress I've made. Is the beginning of proud failure. They had self-reliance instead of godly reliance that grew out of their hearts being lifted up. And boy, is America ever dealing with that today. We are spitting in the face of God while we take for granted the blessings that we live in. And we think, we've built these businesses, we've built these cities, we have had all of this success, and the reality is, it was the hand of God and the blessing of God, I believe, that blessed America. And Christians have the tendency to do the exact same thing. We have a tendency to get lifted up in our hearts in pride and think, man, I've really come a long way. I think I've got this thing under control. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, for who maketh thee to differ from another, and what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as, thou, as if thou hadst not received it? Christian, everything that we have, all the good gifts, all the perfect gifts, come down from the Father above. If you have anything good in your life, it's because of Him. We cannot be lifted up in pride and think ourselves good because of how good things are going. My dad always raised me to, to understand one thing. 
If you ever get to the point where you say, look how far I've come, and it'll never be me who falls, you're likely to be the next one. It's a biblical principle. The Bible says that they begin to get lifted up in their hearts and look upon all the blessings and think, wow, look at all the battles we've won and look at all the things that we have. They began to substitute blessings for godliness. And they began to think that the blessings God had given them meant that they were godly people. And the exact opposite became true. Godliness is not related specifically to your blessings. Just because you're living a blessed life doesn't mean you're still living a godly life. Sometimes God is gracious and God is merciful when we start to fall away from Him and He doesn't take it all from us all at once. And I thank God for that. But the reality is there may come a time that God says enough is enough. And I'm going to let you be destroyed by your own hands. Failing success. Failing success. Remember, if you want to continue to have the blessings of God in our lives, that failure begins when we forget where and what we were before. That failure begins when we fall from thankfulness and become proud and selfish. That failure begins when we forget that the blessings came from obedience and we stop obeying the Lord. And lastly, failure begins when we allow ourselves to be lifted up in pride and think it's all about us. I know preachers who have fallen because God put them in a position and they got lifted up in pride and thought it was all about them. And they began to make the church about themselves. They began to make the offerings about themselves. They began to make everything about themselves. I've seen deacons fall because they got a position and thought that they got a... uh, position that was without uh, reproach and without correction and exalted and lifted themselves up in their own hearts and became useless for the Lord. I've seen Sunday school teachers. I've seen young people, marriages, begin to fail. At the very moment when somebody says, look what I have done. Look what I have done. Failing success. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please anoint this service and these truths with your Holy Spirit power. With heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around. How many would say, preacher, if I were to die today,